name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the ages of all ages. Amen. For several hundreds and I want to say thousands of years, the church has been reading these readings at the end of the Coptic year. 1,500 years or so, we've had this lectionary, this selection of readings, and the church has been reading these readings at the end of the Coptic year. And at the end of the Coptic year, we'll always find ourselves saying, the Lord is coming, the Lord is coming soon, right? And let us, you know, be prepared, and so on. And if I tell you, okay, like, okay, get ready, get ready, here we go, here comes the surprise, okay, get ready, and I'm saying that to you, for 10 minutes, you know, for the first couple of seconds, you're going to be like at the tips of your toes, and you're right, right? And then after a while, you're going to be like, you know, like this is going to happen, or not, or what, or what's going on with this? Imagine 1,500 years later, I'm telling you, are you ready? Okay, here we go. Ready? Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. For 1,500 years, right? Naturally, the natural response is going to be like, Right? And you're going to be thinking, and any normal person will be thinking, is this going to happen? Or is this not going to happen? And a lot of things will come to shape our, our steadfastness, is the word that comes up again and again and again in the readings, to stand fast. And there's a whole lot of different things that can come and sh- to shape our confidence, to shape our, our resolve in this time, and, and Jesus gives us a, a few things. One is, is, the, is the waiting. Two is the deception. He's not going to come. Who says he's going to come? He said he was going to come. He said these things would, this generation will not pass until these things happen. But none of those things happen in this generation. No, 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 no. Don't be fooled. Uh, you're misinterpreting. You're not reading it correctly. You, uh, you don't understand what Jesus is saying. Uh, etc., etc. And all kinds of deceptions trying to not dissuade us from the truth, but completely contradict the truth. Right? What, what else can, get ha- can happen? We can get discouraged. Right? That happens all the time. You're, you're, you have to be deceived is to change the course. You said this is the course, and then no, you change the course. To be discouraged is you're still going in the same direction, but oh, you're not as you're you're not you're not you've lost the balance in your step, and you're just kind of like trudging through it, and so on, right? And many other things can come to slow us down. But today I don't want to talk too much about all of the things that slow us down from receiving the kingdom and standing fast in the kingdom as much as I want. As much as I want to talk about what our response should be to all of these things, because the response is the same. Before we get to the response, I want to share just two quick things with you. The first thing is that one of the contemporary saints contemplating on the end times and contemplating on on our times was saying that it would require more grace. Listen to this, because this is this is worth this is a word of encouragement worth retaining. This is something worth committing to memory. That 
He was saying that the apostasy of latter times will be so great. Earlier in the introduction to the readings, I said that apostasy means falling away from the faith. You believed, but you want you, you stopped believing. That the apostasy of the end times will be so great that it will require a greater grace from God to simply hold on to the faith than it did require grace for the great martyrs of old and the great ascetics of old. We have here the procession of saints, we have here the great saints and repentance on one side, and we have martyrs on the other. Inspired by the conclusion, Watus Watus Theotopeia conclusion um, of, of late day midnight praises, and the martyrs will come bearing their afflictions, and the righteous uh, 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 will come bearing their virtues, and the Son of Man will come in his uh, power and his glory to give each one according to his deeds. Did, did you hear that? That in the latter times, the, the people falling away from the faith, people turning away from the faith, will be so much that it will require a greater grace from God to stand fast in the faith than it did for St. George to endure seven years of, of torture, than it did for St. Victor to endure five years of torture, than it did for St. Anthony to endure a hundred years of living in the desert, being tormented by demons, than it did for St. Moses to endure eight years without accepting to sleep willingly. These, these are great ascetical works. Abba Harina was over 90 years old and used to do 2,400 batanias in the morning and 2,400 batanias in the evening. But listen to, listen to what this contemporary saint is saying. He's saying that these people didn't do these things. I see a whole bunch of eyebrows going up. You know, thinking, oh my God, I could never do that. Yes. And I could never do that. And I want to tell you that none of these people could have ever done that either. But for a grace of God, power given to them from God, combined with their will, enjoined with their will, communed with their will, and the two together brought forth a revelation of of the holiness of God, a revelation of God, and that's why we call them saints, because they're saints, they're holy. But it's not their holiness, it's that by, by applying their will to the grace of God, magic happens. Not magic, but holiness, right? And you have these great saints, St. Anthony, St. Pelagia, St. Peter the Worshipper, Pope Carolus the Sixth, St. Mary the Teacher, and so on, and great martyrs. But it's not them. It's they, their will, they applied their will, yes, to what? To the grace of God. But do you hear what the saint is saying? That in these latter days, it will require more grace, not to, 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 to do these great works of these great saints, but just to hold on to the faith. And this reveals to us something else. That it's only by the grace of God that we are able to just hold on. And all that's being asked of you, and all that Jesus is asking of you, is to hold on. Now, there's something in us which kind of rejects that a little bit. I'll tell you one thing that in me that kind of rejects that a little bit. 
is that all of us, myself anyways, have a sense that I don't know enough. Um, there's, there's, like, there must be some magic ingredient in spiritual life that I don't have. I mean, St. Anthony had it, and, 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 and uh, you know, St. Mary of Egypt had it, and St. Moses had it, and all these great things they had, but I, I, don't, I don't have it, right? And if I read more, or if I listen to more sermons, or if I this, or if I that, maybe I could discover this one thing that will lead me to, 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 to a better spiritual life, or a closer relationship to God, or, 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 or to be more regular in my prayers, or more, I, I want to tell you this is, this is a heresy. This is the heresy of agnosticism. That, that salvation is achieved through hidden knowledge. There's a hidden knowledge that if you knew it, you could be saved. It's not like this. It's not like this. At all. You have the Holy Spirit given to you to teach you all things. St. John says, speaking about the Holy Spirit, in, in 2 John chapter 2, he says that the anointing which you receive teaches you all things, and you have no need that anyone should teach you anything. Well, what are we doing standing in the church teaching Father John? If no, if we have no need that the Spirit should, that, that, that anyone should teach us anything, because we have the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. My job isn't to teach you. If you don't know what you need to know to be saved, I can't. So what is my job? My job is to remind you. Is to, it, it is to, to be that nudge that nudges, not you, that nudges the Spirit inside of you. There is a Holy Spirit living inside of you that tells you, come on John, why don't you get up and pray? I put my alarm clock, doesn't run yet. I know, but if you get up now, you have an extra 10 minutes with God. Wouldn't that be nice? Imagine all of the things God could reveal to you in 10 minutes of quiet. Oh, but my alarm hasn't rung yet, etc. Right? Simple example. That annoying person at work or in your condo or wherever, right? That everybody snickers and makes fun of, makes fun of. And you know that person has really, you know, is, is ostracized, socially ostracizing. Something inside of you says, go, reach out to that person. Be Christ to that person. Love that. Just, just say hello. Not being creepy or anything, but just, just say hello. Just smile at that person. Maybe you're the only person who smiled at that person today. Etc., etc., etc. The Holy Spirit is alive and living and working in you and in me. And it's enough for us to hold on to the grace that we have received. We don't require an additional grace. Like, that's another, another fallacy that, that tends to attack us. That we, we think that we are, we, we need more grace than what we have. Never. Never. Then God would not be just in His providence. He is the creator and the provider, St. John of Damascus explains. He's, he says, and he explains, and it's very logical. He says it's completely illogical for God to create a world and then not provide for it. It would be nonsense for somebody to go and buy a car and have absolutely no intention of paying for gas. What are you planning to do with the car? Park it in your driveway until it rusts? Like, what's the point of that? Right? If you're going to if you're going to get the car, then you're planning to also pay for its expenses so that it can do 
what you bought it for? Transportation. Well, we were, we were created to be in union with God, to be united with Him and to live His life. Would God not, obviously, not only create us, but also provide for us everything necessary for that? Oh, for sure. So, it, it's like, now we're on this agnostic hunt, and I don't mean agnostic like, like, like a certain distaste for belief, no, I mean, in, in, in the sense of the theological concept of agnosticism, we're on the search for some hidden knowledge. We're on the search for some hidden treasure, some hidden trick, some hidden key to unlock. No, it's not like that. The Holy Spirit is alive and living and dwelling in you and, and is delighted to encourage you to stand fast and to hold fast until the day of the Lord. What is this day of the Lord that the readings are all speaking about? Last thing I want to speak with you about today. To understand the day of the Lord, we're going to need to go back to, to the beginning. In the beginning, God created man uh, Adam and Eve, and they told them not to eat from the tree, and they were tempted to eat from the tree. And He told them, if you eat from the tree, by death you will die. He told them that if they eat from the tree, something new, will be introduced into their world which wasn't there before, which was death. And when that happened, death suddenly became this novelty, this new tool that man could use against man to prevail over man. Think about it. Every threat is rooted in death. War is rooted in death. Theft is rooted in, in death. Death has become now, man has said, now that I have become subject to death, let me try to use death against my fellow man to get something out of him. So, I'm going to use death, I'm going to pull out a gun and threaten somebody. Give me your wallet or I'll kill you. Right? Very simplistic example. But, you, but you, I will use death as a, as a means of power to get something from somebody. In so doing, I have given myself this, this delusion that I am the master of death because I can use death to use, I can use death to get what I want from people. But this is a delusion. Who is the Who has mastered death? Who has overcome death? Who has, who has taken death to school? Nobody. Nobody except the one who accepted death for our sakes. And so Jesus is incarnate, and He refuses death. He refuses all forms of coercion and force. He comes as the gentle and the meek. He comes as the one who su su submits and surrenders Himself to all. And He dies. He accepts death. And in accepting death, He Himself brings life into death. And this, and this is the this is the great day of the Lord, the death of death, the final death of death. And this is what Saint Athanasius talks about. He's playing on words, speaking about the resurrection, and he says, "Death has died by death, and now there is only life. If there is no more death, then what is there only? There is only life. Death." as a cosmic concept, 
cosmic perspective, has died, has ceased. Through what? The death of Christ. If you read carefully the book of Matthew, you'll find that when Jesus died, those who were in the tombs came back to life, but they didn't come out of the tombs until after the resurrection, so that Christ could be the first one to rise from the dead. But they didn't come back from the dead at Jesus' resurrection. They came to life when He died. Why? Because life entered into death. So when life entered into death, death became no more. Death became life. If, if darkness has become light, then light is light, and darkness has become light, and all is light. If life has entered into death, then death has become life. This is the great day of the Lord, the final death of death. And so I'm sharing these words with you as encouragement. Because Jesus tells us there will be a temptation to be deceived, there will be a temptation to be troubled, there will be a temptation to be discouraged. Don't give in to any of these temptations, but hold on to the one who has conquered death by death. And in the meantime, hold fast, stand fast, listen and nurture the relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit in your heart. Get to know Him. Listen to Him. And when He tells you to do things, do them. No matter how ridiculous or crazy they may seem. Just do what He says. And in so doing, in so doing, we embrace life and we embrace the one who has conquered death by death until He comes back and death will cease to be entirely. Glory be to God forever and ever. And I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.